It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We had an interesting store in, uh, an interesting show in store, rather. Um, coming up during the third half of our three-hour tour, a uh, former teacher and school li- uh, librarian, Danielle um, Uh, Let's see, Uh, Clayton um, has a new book, part of a Disney uh, collection, their their book uh, publishing, Hesperian um, brand, if you will. Um, She is a uh, New York Times bestselling author of the Bells series, a Netflix original series uh, coming soon. And um, her book that we're going to talk about today is Shattered Midnight, the second in a four-book series. In the middle of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk about a uh, new book that talks about introverts and how they've fared during the pandemic and what they can expect as we try to get back to a normal of some sort, new or otherwise. And um, she is the... uh, author of a book called Overcoming Awkward. Her name is uh, Monica, let me make sure I get this uh, last name right, Parkin, and she'll be joining us. But first, we're going to talk with uh, a uh, familiar name, at least to people in the Flint area where we're based, um, because of his uh, ongoing investigative reporting of the Flint water crisis. And he is uh, just uh, last week... Uh, showed up in, uh, or on rather, The Guardian, um, along with uh, Charlie LeDuff in a piece they co-wrote um, that looks at the um, the change in the investigations. There, there was an investigation, then we changed uh, administrations in Lansing, uh, at least uh, in some of the top jobs, governor and uh, attorney general. And then all the charges were dropped and new charges subsequently fired. And uh, our guest today is Jordan Cheriton, and he and Charlie LeDuff are uh, saying that um, there were racketeering charges being pursued by the original investigation team that vanished when that turnover occurred. And we're going to talk about his uh, recent story in The Guardian and uh, more with Jordan Cheriton, who joins me by phone. Hi, Jordan. Um, thanks for being on the show, and welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, Tell me about these these racketeering charges. Most of what people in Flint 
and around the country and the world, thanks to reporting by you and others, um, are really of the belief that there was um, a lot of negligence and incompetence, uh, um, misfeasance and nonfeasance, if you will, but uh, this casts a different light on it. Um, what did you find out about what Todd Flood was pursuing? He was the lead investigator initially appointed by uh, then Attorney General Bill Schuette. Yeah, so um, for residents that don't know, I'm sure most do, um, you know, the reason Flint was even using the Flint River was because a, a new water system was being built known as the uh, Karagandi Water Authority. So uh, that new water pipeline uh, was under construction. Uh, so Flint, in the meantime, left uh, the city of Detroit's water uh, to join the Karagandi Water Authority. And in that, in that period of construction, they went to the Flint River. So, uh, you know, you, you point out people think there's a lot of negligence. Well, uh, investigators found there was a lot of intentional uh, financial fraud uh, that led to Flint joining that new water system in the first place. Let's, uh, yeah, let's let's uh, dig down on that a little bit, Jordan. Um, as as I understand it, KWA Flint was on on a path to participate in KWA when it got completed, which is. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, and I can't imagine anybody listening to this show doesn't know about KWA, is a water pipeline sourcing uh, Lake Huron water near Port Huron and piping it to Flint, the Flint area, Genesee County, and, and other parts of uh, the state uh, between there and here. And it was always intended that Flint would be part of that. And then the contract that Flint had to get its municipal water from Detroit came up for renewal, and it was decided, as you point out, Jordan, that the decision was made to use the Flint River water on an interim basis until KWA was completed. That was basically how this unfolded, as I, as I remember it. Correct. The problem was, in the year 2014, Flint was broke. Uh, I'm sure your residents know that. So uh, there was, Flint didn't have a credit rating. <laughs> it wasn't just in 2014, Jordan. <laughs> right, right. So, but you're right. Uh, so, you know, common sense question, how does a broke city with no credit rating borrow $85 million to borrow, to, to join a brand new water system? So that's what the original investigation was pursuing and what uh, they found, based on our reporting, is there was essentially uh, a fake emergency created, an environmental emergency, uh, and that fake environmental emergency, which was to clean up a local lime sludge pit, uh, that emergency, that allowed Flint an exception around its debt limit, because, again, it had no credit rating, it couldn't legally borrow any more money, and an emergency order was created uh, that allowed Flint an exception, citing this environmental cleanup. But that money actually got redirected to Flint 
borrowing $85 million to join the KWA. So three, uh, three officials were actually charged by the shooty launched investigation with financial fraud related to that. Uh, two emergency managers, uh, Darnell Early, Gerald Ambrose, as well as uh, Howard Croft, who ran the city's public works uh, department. Um, but they were charged with false pretenses and, co- and conspiracy to commit false pretenses related to the KWA bond deal. Basically that the KWA bond deal was under false pretenses, which was that fake emergency. The, when the new attorney general came in, obviously she kind of cleaned house. She fired the top prosecutors and investigators. She put in her own people. They dropped those financial fraud charges against those three officials, the emergency managers, as well as Howard Croft. And when they recharged, uh, they recharged several people. But when they recharged Gerald Ambrose, Darnell Early, and Howard Croft in 2021, mysteriously gone were those financial charges. So that's, that's one piece of it. And the other piece of it is... Yeah, the investigation, the original investigation, uh, in football terms, I would put it, they were kind of on the 10-yard line of uh, filing aggressive racketeering charges against state officials and others uh, involved with the the alleged KWA fraud and the the alleged KWA bond deal. And, uh, of course, that didn't happen because Attorney General Nessel's team, you know, let them go and... Till now, to date, uh, Attorney General Nessel's team has not pursued charges related to the KWA. Did you reach out to Todd Flood when you were working on this story, you or Charlie? Yes. And and he didn't comment on the record? Uh... No, he didn't comment. Uh, Attorney General Schutte actually did comment. Uh, former Attorney General Schutte. Right. Comment. Uh, he actually, I mean, without you know, without actually saying it, uh, basically kind of confirmed our reporting. Uh, I could give you the exact no, quote no, here. I, I'm just curious about Todd Flood because Todd Flood reached out to me when he was still the, the special prosecutor or whatever the title is for the, the lead investigator in this uh, Flint water crisis investigation. Um, again, appointed by Bill Schuette. But he reached out to me and and you know, suggested that he would be willing to come on my show and talk about the investigation. And then he put me off a little bit, and next thing I knew, he was gone, and I haven't heard from him since. So I was really curious why he's so quiet now about all of this. Yeah, I know. We both reached out to him. He didn't offer a comment uh, for the story. Uh, I, I, I can't tell you why. I mean, I think Legally, I don't really know what he could say. Uh, I, I don't think uh, former prosecutors and investigators, Andy Arena as well, who was the former chief investigator, he has spoken out publicly, uh, basically pushing back a little bit against the claims of the current prosecution, but didn't really go into any specifics on, on what, you know, who they were targeting, because that's kind of a no-no. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't speak to... Uh, why they've been quiet, what I can speak to is, you know, the Attorney General and her team, uh, pretty much most of what they've told the public has been just kind of pointing to the previous investigation and, you know, flaws with the previous investigation that they claimed. But they haven't really answered for a lot of the decisions they made because 
objectively, they did drop already filed financial charges. And I'm a journalist. You follow the money. That's kind of 101. So there was, there was a money trail here. There were already financial fraud charges related. And, you know, that could kind of, people could get lost. But the bottom line is, we're talking financial fraud that led to the poisoning of your city. Like without these fi- alleged financial fraud, Flint's not on the Flint River. There's also the other element that the alleged financial fraud that they were pursuing uh, involved the Flint water plant because uh, the the environmental order that gave the green light for the KWA bond deal, that environmental order had outlined nearly $60 million in upgrades that needed to be made to the Flint water plant for the water plant to safely treat the Flint River. But when they flipped the switch in 2014, those, upgra- those upgrades were nowhere near completed. So basically you have a substandard water plant that needs billions of dollars in upgrades that is treating water. The, the plant didn't even have the proper equipment in there to add the proper chemicals into the water supply and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, thus far, the current prosecution team has not answered not only for the financial charges, but for many other things that uh, both myself and Charlie have, have discovered, including the previous investigation specifically towards the governor, they were building a, a pretty aggressive case against Governor Snyder. They were not ready to charge. They were not at the point of charging him, but our, both Charlie and I, uh, our reporting indicates they were building a case against Snyder for involuntary manslaughter. This prosecution charged him with a willful neglect of duty, which is a misdemeanor. So again, uh, the current prosecution team has not provided much information, has not answered our questions related to in the in in the uh, specifications for the upgrades to the flint city water uh, treatment facility was it spelled out that um that the the equipment and chemicals needed to uh, adequately treat river water uh, was that spelled out in those requirements the state environmental department uh, the state environmental department uh, at the time, <clears throat> at the time, Michigan Department of Environmental Quality, for some bizarre, which to this day we don't fully know, they uh, they had instructed uh, folks on the ground at the water plant that you don't have to add corrosion control, uh, and what and what according to federal regulations we could just test for a year. That was wrong. <laughs> that what that inaccurate they did need to add corrosion control chemicals into the water supply but putting aside putting aside that they were wrong and and they did need to add those chemicals the plant literally did not have the equipment put in to add the corrosion control chemicals there were also a lot of other issues with the plant i don't i don't want to get so on the weeds like the ozone meter was off yeah, Jordan, uh, Jordan, I have to put a comma here because I have to go to break. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk about this some more? Sure. Great. My guest is uh, investigative reporter Jordan Cheriton about his piece with Charlie LaDuff in The uh, Guardian about the ongoing investigation of the Flint water crisis. We're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break, and then we'll be right back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County. Where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods. And in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Hi, I'm State Representative Sarah Anthony. Our community and communities across the country are seeing a rise in gun violence. Firearm injuries are one of the leading causes of death among children. Parents, it is your responsibility to know where your firearm is at all times. First, lock your gun away somewhere safe. Also, make sure that it is disassembled and unloaded. It's up to us to prevent gun violence in our community.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue my conversation with investigative reporter Jordan Cheriton about his piece with Charlie LaDuff in the uh, Garden, or the Guardian, rather, uh, about Flint water poisoning charges that never came to light. And uh, Jordan, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Okay. No problem. Um, Jordan, we were talking before the break a little bit about uh, the um, about some of what you found in terms of uh, charges of um, basically charges under the RICO Act, the racketeering and um, oh, what is the what what is what is that an acronym for? I saw it in your piece, and now I can't remember what it. Uh, racketeering organization. Racketeering and and what? Corrupt organizations. Okay. Um, when you were exploring this, um, and and it. Just to catch people up, there there were charges that were about to be filed by uh, Todd uh, Flood and his team, appointed by then Attorney General Bill Schuette. Um and then there was a change in the uh, in the office. Um, I think Schuette was term limited out, as was the governor, and so we ended up with uh, a new governor, a new Attorney General from the other party. Um, was party politics at, at all part of why the the charges that were being considered got dropped and, and didn't make it into new planned charges? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question because, you know, obviously I'm a reporter. I can't get in the head of uh, Attorney General Dana Nessel, but when she was a candidate... She was making some pretty, you know, public, uh, bold statements criticizing the Flint water investigation, calling it, uh, you know, politically charged show trials, uh, which at the time didn't make a lot of sense because, you know, the, the prosecution team had charged 15 state and city officials, <laughs> uh, including involuntary manslaughter and some serious charges. So. She, uh, before she even had access to any evidence, uh, you know, just as a candidate, obviously she didn't have access to the behind the scenes, you know, locked up documents. She was publicly slamming the investigation. She had pointed out at the time that Todd Flood, uh, who was the special prosecutor, I guess had donated to Snyder uh, a lot, you know, at some point. Um, so I don't, you know, I can't, I don't know her motives but she definitely was saying a lot of stuff about an investigation that she had no access to. And uh, Andy Arena, who was the investigation's chief investigator before he was fired, he had, he had said this publicly that, you know, she was, I'm paraphrasing, but basically that, you know, she was uh, in a way poisoning the well without have ever seen any, seen anything. So when she got in, um, you know, it's obviously her prerogative as the attorney general if she wants her own team of prosecutors to investigate it. But uh, it seems that uh, from statements 
the chief investigator made uh, that he wasn't even thoroughly debriefed by Nestle's team. Uh, they didn't really thoroughly debrief him on where was the investigation at? What did they find? Uh, it's not it's not clear. I mean, obviously, Beta Nestle's team would know if the previous team was aggressively pursuing a racketeering case. But according to Andy Arena, he told the Detroit News uh, in 2019 that they didn't really thoroughly debrief the team that they just had or or ask questions to the team that they had just fired. Uh, so I can't I can't get in their heads. But politically speaking, um, it, it it didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, if you if they wanted to fire the special prosecutor and some of the top people, that's fine. But they had let go of pretty much the entire team. So you're doing away with three years of institutional well, and it wasn't, and it wasn't just that they that they got rid of the team and put their own team in place most people would expect that from a new administration coming in it was dropping the existing charges i think that set people off a little bit well i'll tell you and again uh, you know, unfortunately, I think Michigan media has dropped this story and I stopped investigating it. But there was a lot of smoke there, uh, Tom. First of all, Dana Nessel, people could look back. She did an interview in March 2019, so very early on uh, in her administration with Michigan Radio, where she claimed that she had never seen, in three years, she had not seen any charges related to the KWA fraud. That just wasn't true. There were charges, as I detailed uh, in a pro- prior segment against two emergency managers and uh, Howard Croft related to false pretenses for the allegedly fraudulent KWA bond deal. So she said, she, I've never seen any charges related to the KWA. Either she was wrong or she wasn't telling the truth because there were charges and her prosecutors dropped those charges. So a simple question myself and Charlie asked them, why did you drop those financial charges? and then recharge those same officials and not recharge them with financial fraud. No, we didn't get, a, we didn't get answers on those specifics. We specifically asked them. How, uh, Jordan, how were you able to verify that those charges, those, those financial charges uh, were coming? Well, those charges, so, so your audience isn't confused, two separate buckets. They were already filed financial charges, not okay. RICO char- okay. not RICO charges. There were already filed financial charges against Darnell Early, Gerald Ambrose. Those were the two of the emergency managers appointed by Governor Snyder to run Flint, and Howard Croft, who was the public works director. Those charges were for false pretenses and conspiracy to commit false pretenses related to the KWA bond deal. So that's the bond deal that Flint was able to borrow $85 million to join the KWA uh, pipeline. Those were already filed by Flood and his team. They were dropped in 2019 by Nestle and her team. Then those three officials, after Nestle dropped the financial fraud charges in 2019, those officials were recharged in 2021 without the financial charges. So you have financial charges gone. As far as the RICO case, uh, Charlie and I, through sources as well as documentation that we obtained, uh, it showed that a uh, I could read it I, I could read it to your audience. Uh, one of the documents that we have shows um, flood team had found quote reasonable cause to believe that corrupt transactions involving certain contractors 
the Genesee County Drain Commissioner's Office, other, and other entities and persons of interest had occurred. And that, that document listed that they were investigating bribery, racketeering, and false pretenses. Well, bribery and racketeering are key elements of any ra- RICO racketeering case. Sure. Charlie and I, through sources, we, con- we confirmed, uh, I don't have a date for you, that they were building a racketeering case. It was possible that they were going to file charges in the year 2019. Uh, obviously, that, that didn't happen because the team was let go. And the attorney general, the current attorney general, when we asked, were you aware that there was this racketeering case in process? Did you guys find evidence that uh, contradicted or, or discounted uh, the previous investigation findings? Uh, we did not get any answers as to those specifics. All we got were uh, specifically from Attorney General Nessel was the prosecution team reviewed all the evidence and pursued all viable charges. So kind of like a, a bumper sticker a statement from the Attorney General. But we stand by. We know there was a racketeering case being built. We know charges were in the works. Um, we know uh, separate financial charges were dropped. And it just gives a picture, again, going back to it, how does a broke city borrow $85 million to join a new water system? Why has there been, why was there financial charges pursued and then dropped? And why was one investigation pursuing racketeering charges and this current one, unless there's something we don't know that they haven't told us or something in the works, has, has, has dropped that pursuit? Were all of the uh, financial charges um, related to the various bond deals for um, for construction and participation in the in the uh, KWA, the Water Authority, um, or were there some things involving the the um, the actual land deals, the the right of way? from Lake Huron to Genesee County? Uh, my, no- my knowledge of the investigation, it was looking at the bond deal. It was also looking at the bidding, the bidding process for KWA contractors. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have any information as far as the land deals right of way. Uh, our, what we found was they were investigating and had found uh, a significant level of fraud both the bond deal as well as the actual KWA construction bidding contract uh, negotiations. The reason that I ask that is because a very similar project was explored um, during the uh, the 1960s, and the drain commissioner at that time was Tony Ragnone, who was a mentor of uh, the current... um, Drain Commissioner Jeff Wright, and and I just wondered if any exploration of that um, connected the two events, all, albeit they were forty, fifty years apart. Right. Well, we do we do know. I mean, I, I just read it for you, but we do know based on documents we got that they were investigating the Genesee County Drain Commissioner Office, and that I mean, that's Jeff Wright. He's the Drain Commissioner. Right. Uh, so we do know that. Uh, a previous story I did uh, in 2020 uh, for Vice News, I had contacted uh, the drain commissioner uh, and his spokesperson told me that they had been contacted by 
Todd Flood's investigation that they had cooperated. So it's objectively true that uh, Wright's office was investigated, that Wright and the Drain Commissioner Office had provided uh, information to the investigation, the original investigation. Uh, I don't have any evidence uh, that he was going to be charged or anything like that, uh, but I do know, based on documents, that uh, they were looking into allegedly corrupt transactions uh, and they were looking into the Genesee County Drain Commissioner's Office, which is which is Jeff Wright, who is also, your audience should know, he's also the CEO of the KWA. So he's right. both right. Drain Commissioner and the CEO. But, you know, overall, to me, you know, you always just got to follow the money, and it objectively is true. One investigation had already started with those charges they had filed, against three officials. Uh, and, uh, you know, both Charlie and I, uh, again, Charlie's uh, Michigan-based. He's won a Pulitzer. Yeah. You know, we, we both are pretty well-sourced. We know that there was a pretty, I mean, even Andy Arena, the, public, the former investigator, the chief investigator, he told the Detroit News that additional financial charges were coming within six months before uh, the team was fired. So, again, I, I can't get into their motivations uh, of the current prosecution, but they should answer uh, to Flint residents what happened to the financial charges, wh why was there a, a racketeering case under the previous investigation, but it has fallen, uh, kind of died on the vine under you. And there were some other, uh, other you know, uh, discrepancies between the previous investigation and this one related to the governor and, you know, the aggressiveness of the previous investigation, while this investigation only charged him with a misdemeanor. And I'll finally say real quick, we don't know, we have no idea what evidence uh, the attorney general and her team have presented because they, the process they pursued was a secretive one-man grand jury. So we still don't know what evidence was presented to the one-man grand jury, which, which was a judge for these indictments against the governor and other officials. Yeah, there was just a, a story, I think, in the uh, free press this uh, just within the last week or so that said uh, that former Governor uh, Rick Snyder's defense team doesn't expect him to, to see a courtroom or, or see charges uh, until 2024. Yeah, I mean, the governor is obviously a wealthy man. He's got a very strong legal team. Uh, they and other defendants, as we speak, are trying to get these charges dismissed uh, under they are claiming that the current prosecution team did not use uh, a taint team, which a taint team is independent uh, officials that aren't part of an investigation to go through the documents that have been, been obtained by the investigation to make sure there's no uh, privileged documents that attorney client privilege so attorney uh, governor snyder and other defendants have said that the attorney general nestle's team did not do that they did not use a taint team to basically remove any attorney client privilege documents uh the the current prosecution team as far as i know have not denied that so if that's the case that that's a pretty big mess up uh, not to use that but as of now yeah this the, the investigations have been steeped in delays, courts granting uh, Governor Snyder and defendants uh, delays. Uh, and, yeah, as a journalist, uh, it doesn't look promising that in April we're, you're looking at eight years 
there hasn't been a, a conviction. There's been this two investigations, um, and you know, still no justice. And it's it's kind of a head scratcher as a journalist for me because both myself and Charlie, uh, we've broken several major stories on this, but you can't get the Flint Journal to pick it up. You can't get the Detroit Free Press to pick it up. You can't get the Detroit News to pick it up. And in speaking with those outlets. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a head scratcher. They well, they as you point out, Jordan, it's been eight years since the initial switch uh, to the the Flint River for uh, municipal water supply, and and people in Flint, not just not just reporters, but even some of the activists and and certainly the citizenry. Um, are experiencing a certain amount of Flint water crisis fatigue. Yeah, I can tell you, that's not what I get. That's not what I get when no? I talk to Red. No, I mean, of course, they have fatigue. They've been living with this for eight years. But they tell me the opposite. They are very frustrated that the media has all but declared this over. Uh, they are very frustrated that when new details of, frankly, what Charlie and I have exposed is a cover-up, uh, when they come out, that they can't get their local paper to report on those details or the main papers in Detroit. Uh, they are very frustrated uh, that the current prosecution team, uh, you know, came in and promised them justice, you know, pointed to failures in the previous investigation. And essentially, it's, you know, to them, the charges against the governor were not enough. So I do, I do agree with you. There's a level of fatigue because residents have been bruised battered made ill but in terms of wanting coverage and investigation uh i see the opposite i have been i have been told i mean i i speak with a lot of residents i've been to flint many many times uh that they feel the media has essentially swept this under the rug and i can tell you from my interactions with media uh including editors at the free press the news the flint journal uh, there seems to be kind of a across-the-board um, decision to not investigate further and to kind of, if new revelations come out, not to report on those new revelations. And yes, of course, it's eight years later. There's a whole lot of other stuff. you got a pandemic and, and other news in Michigan and Flint. But I don't, think, uh, I don't think the media should allow, you know, fatigue to get in the way of exposing Is, the truth. Do you think some of these editors feel like that uh, that residents um, are at a point now where the water coming out of their their faucets is uh, safe by most standards, and the rest is kind of inside baseball? Do you think that's a, a position that editors are taking? Well, uh, if that's a whole other topic, but those editors should go. I know, uh, Jordan, you and I could do a whole show on, you know, how much inside baseball the general public is willing to consider. They get a little blurry-eyed when you start talking about bond deals and, you know, government oversight and, you know, some of the right. details. Um, well, most people just want the water coming out of their taps to be safe. Well, I would say two things. Number one, um, I don't think the residents consider it. The details of what led to their poisoning, not that you're saying this, I'm saying I don't think the residents uh, consider it inside baseball. I think they want to know the full details, and I think they still want 
those who are responsible from the top level all the way down to the janitor level to be held accountable. Number two, um, this is a whole different discussion, but yeah, the declarations that the water is fine and safe, I think that too needs further inquiry because, I mean, I've dug on that uh, in the past and seen that, I mean, Governor Snyder and his team were literally manipulating the data. Uh, this new this new messaging that Flint has now cleared, you know, for six straight years, the water is meeting EPA regulations. As council, as Flint Council Chair Eric Mays was just quoted, uh, yeah, well, the data hasn't always been complete or trustworthy. So uh, I speak with residents all the time, and I was just in Flint over the summer. I have residents telling me, showing me fresh rashes, not rashes from seven years ago, rashes they're getting now from the water. I have residents telling me they're still losing hair when they shower. Uh, so I think there's been a general, yes, I think you're right. There is a fatigue in the media, among the populace. But I think it's questionable to claim the water is completely safe when all the pipes have not been replaced. They have not even touched residents' interior home plumbing. So it's, it's not like the, right. the, the water just skipped over people's plumbing in their homes. Uh, and if, if, if these reporters in Detroit... Glenn Journal, if they started canvassing and talking to residents and asking them about the water, they might be surprised uh, in terms of what they're told. Uh, not about not trusting the water, about, but residents actually telling them, I'm still experiencing issues with the water, whether it's smell or rashes or things like that. So I do think it's, uh, it's been a narrative pushed out by Governor Snyder and, and this current administration that the water levels are fine now. Uh, I can't definitively say that's true because based on the residents I speak with and my own eyes when I was there, uh, you know, I've seen residents with rashes within the last six months. And they're telling me it, it develops after they shower. So that's all I can tell you. Well, Jordan, as, uh, as you well know, having spent years covering this story, there's uh, there's a lot of parts to it and we're almost out of time but i always give guests as you know an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about your work past present and future do you have a website absolutely so um, i my independent media outlet is called status coup news so that's status c-o-u-p uh we're on youtube so you can go to status coup uh, c-o-u-p on our youtube page uh we have we'll have we have more details and broadcasts on the story we just broke uh, on the Flint water investigation. So that's status quo on YouTube. Uh, you could also read the story. It was actually in the Guardian uh, newspaper. Uh, you could go to the Guardian or at the top of my Twitter page. I have it at, at the top of my page. Uh, I'm at Jordan Sheridan. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-D-H-A-R-I-C-O-N. But, uh, yes, that is Coup on YouTube. C-O-U-P is where they could find more. Well, Jordan, I'm sure we'll be talking again because, as you point out, this uh, story is uh, its a ways off from being completely resolved and may not be resolved for many years. But thanks so much for spending this time with me this morning. I look forward to our next conversation. And keep up the good work. You too. Thank you, Tom. All right. Bye-bye. Jordan Cheriton, his uh, piece, the, the headline for his piece in The Guardian, revealed the Flint water poisoning charges that never came to light. We're going to take a uh, short break, and we'll be back. we got lots more of the Tom Sumner program uh, still to go, so don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse.
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Wisecarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Whiplet Technology. My Community College. It's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to tom at tomsumnerprogram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. 
Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Again now row the boat ashore Hallelujah I go row the boat ashore keep it rolling Hallelujah Everybody hum Wait a second Dicky Dick we hum it this I want to go back to the start and take it one more time from the top Oh, Michael, row the boat ashore. I'd just like everybody to join in this time. Okay, one more time. Okay. Right. Gang, in a world torn asunder by strife and by unhappiness, what sound in the world enters into our heart and brings love and brotherhood but the sound of people's voices joining together and singing? So let's roof the rafters, people. Let's fill this room with the most joyous sound known to man. People. People singing. For in the ether of the air, in the great sky of, of, the, of the faraway land, fill the sky, the musical sky, with voices intertwining themselves in a giant choral arrangement like colors in your mind and lines going up and down as the voices of people join together. So friends, let's fill this room with love. Let's fill this room with music and song. For people driving by, maybe outside, they'll be in their car and we'll be in here singing, they'll be driving by and, and as they drive by they'll probably say, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Let's sing out now, friends. Michael, row the boat ashore. Sing out. Hallelujah. Which guy? The, girl, the guy with the, the girl with the blonde hair. You the weren't singing that... very well there. Would you join in with us and fill it? You will? You will? You'll sing with us now, huh? Go ahead. <laughs> Here we go, gang. Michael Rowe, the boat ashore. that boat ashore. Come on, Mike. <laughs> Everybody sing now. Michael, help to trim the sails. Hallelujah. Michael, help to trim the sails. Hallelujah. Everybody hop. 
like trim those sails trim those sails pull on those oars baby <laughs> hey I know what let's do again well, what do you want to do every time we, we, we're humming you want to do something different well I have an idea that I like why don't we gang why don't people with love in your hearts Oh, let's all show our love. Let's all open. Let's start the hum. Go back to the. Take it from the top of the hum. Top of the hum. But this time, let's all hum with our mouths open. Hum well, it. Well, why do you want to do that? We'll get more volume. If well, we, why do you? We have plenty of volume. Why do you want more volume? So that Michael can hear us. Maybe even Ralph will hear us. <laughs> hear us also. So gang, let's all hum with our mouths open this time and get Tommy, a little more volume. That's a nice idea. Really, that's a great idea. But you so, cannot hum with your mouth open. Yes, you do. All you you have don't to... ask anybody to hum with their mouth open. Yes, all you have you to do... You can't do that. You so old. Listen, if you tried to hum with your mouth open, you could hurt yourself. That's too bad. Yeah. So he is. I'll tell you what. If you want more volume, why don't you ask everybody to aw. Oh. I mean, not just a regular ah, but like this. Ah, 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 See, it's louder, it's easy to do, and if you ask everybody in this entire room to ah together in unison to Michael, you will experience a thrilling, exciting, vibrant, it'll be a, a vibrant experience, tremendous. Let's all open up our hummers now, and all ah together, okay? Everybody except you. You hum with your mouth open. <laughs> Hear that, Michael? <laughs> we'll help you trim those sails and roll that boat, won't we, gang? Everybody. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Told me you
Here. 